0: Hello, this is Shirley Comer, and this is our slidecast for Week 2 of Nursing 330, Skin, Hair, and Nails. As we begin the assessment, w- I want to review the four tools of assessment that we talked about at the end of Week 1, and those were inspection, palpation, percussion, and auscultation. As you recall, we mentioned that these four Uh, tools guide every one of our assessments for the different uh, body systems and even though we're not able to do um, all four on every body system we still use those as the framework for organizing ourselves so we start off with inspection Uh, inspection in skin hair and nails we're going to start with the skin and inspection we're going to be looking for color changes, uh, pigment changes, look for pallor, uh, erythema, cyanosis, jaundice, freckles, um, nevi is the uh, a nevus is the anatomical name for a mole a nevi are um, several moles and then different types of birthmarks and we'll talk about the different types of birthmarks a little bit later. Um, We also want to use our sense of smell uh, to determine if there's any unusual odors. Um, Does this have to do with hygiene, excessive sweating, uh, any uh, urine smell or a musty smell that might indicate that there are some hygiene problems, which can also give clues to general health and to um, the state of mental health or alertness. When we're looking at the skin uh, and inspecting the skin, we want to use the uh, A, B, C, D, E method of assessing any pigmented lesions that we might find. So using the A, B, C, D, E uh, criteria, uh, we would look for asymmetry, which is the A. We'd look for border irregularity. We'd look for color variation. We'd look for a diameter greater than 6 millimeters. We'd look for elevation and enlargement. There's two E's. This slide shows an example of the ABCD portion. The E is not on this particular uh, example. But you see uh, in the one column, we have a normal mole. And in the second, we have a melanoma. And the it's looking at the asymmetry. You notice that it's not a symmetrical lesion. This pigmented lesion has a um, the b- the uh, lesion is n- is not symmetrical in any way. Um, next for border, notice we have uh, normal versus again a melanoma, and the border is irregular. We have color in the fr- normal mole. The color is uniform throughout. In the melanoma mole, there is. Uh, a variations of color throughout the, um, the the mole. And then in the for D diameter, you can see that the normal is less than six uh, millimeters. The uh, melanoma is larger than six millimeters. And then again we'd also be looking for the elevation and enlargement. Next, we want to palpate the skin. When you're palpating the skin, you want to use the back of the hands. The reason being that the palms of of your own hands um, have sweat glands uh, and can be more sensitive to um, your own internal body temperature. You can determine that somebody may be hot or cold uh, erroneously based on the temperature of your own hands and also that they may be uh, moist when it's your own hand that's moist. So they recommend using the backs of your hands. You want to check for temperature, uh, a hypo or hyperthermia. You want to check for moisture. Um, perspiration can normally be found on the face, the hands, axilla, and the skin folds in response to anxiety. But diaphoresis is a condition where there's profuse perspiration throughout uh, the entire body uh, in more areas than than we would normally see as a response to anxiety or as a heat response. And this can be an uh, indication of an increased metabolic rate um, uh, related to an increased heart rate, pain, fever, or other types of of, uh, physiological processes that can result in this excessive moisture. Next with palpation, we want to check the texture. The texture should be uniformly smooth and firm. Um, The the skin should be uniformly thick, although it may thicken around the uh, hands and the feet, where it may become calloused from friction over the years. We want to check edema, especially in the dependent areas of the body. When we say dependent areas of the body, we mean areas of the body that are lower than the heart level. So if someone is standing up, that would be um, normally it starts in the feet and, and would work up upwards. If the person is lying down, if they're bed, bed bound, then their dependent areas may be the back uh, and the, uh, the buttocks and the coccyx, uh, coccyx areas. So it's important to, to look for those uh, in those dependent areas for any edema. Edema is graded subjectively from 0 to 4+, 0 being absent, 4 plus being uh, as much edema as there can possibly be. Um, If you do find edema in the ankles, you want to be sure to continue to look up the calf area, or the um, shin area, to see how far up the leg the edema does extend is important. It uh, gives an idea of how much interstitial fluid um, the person is uh, uh, is holding on to. We also want to look for look at the le- look at lesions to determine whether they may be vascular lesions or they might be bruising. Some examples of vascular lesions are things called cherry angiomas, also known as senile angiomas. They're very common in adults over thirty. They're small, smooth, slightly raised, bright red dots that occur. Normally, in adults over 30, they're not a significant finding. You see them uh, frequently on the torso and on the back uh, of uh, folks that are over 30. And darker-skinned uh, individuals, they may look more like purple freckles than red dots. Um, bruising, on the other hand, uh, is uh, almost always has uh, differences in color variation across the bruise as the bruise. Uh Develops and as it heals, um, you also want to if, if check for tattoos. And if the person has has a tattoo, um, you want to ask them about any symptoms of hepatitis or HIV um, as a result of exposure to bloodborne pathogens during the tattooing process. Again, you want to check for hygiene, you want to note cleanliness. They should be free of parasites, however you may, if you're suspicious that they may have uh, parasites, you may want to wear gloves during the skin examination. You want to check for skin turgor by pinching up a large fold of skin, usually on the uh, forearm or the upper arm. Tenting of the skin uh, can occur when there is dehydration. But it can also occur as a result of weight loss or as a result of aging when the skin becomes less elastic. This slide shows some examples of different types of lesions and the decubitus. A macule is the anatomical name basically for a freckle. It is a non-raised lesion, a discoloration that's non-raised. And a freckle is an example of a macula. Uh, and as we said er- earlier, a um, uh, nevi is the uh, anatomical name for a mole, which is a raised um, pigmented lesion. A papule is a raised lesion like a pimple. Um, you see papules uh, in, fo- in uh, s- children who have uh, chickenpox or um, measles and so forth, it's a raised um, a lesion. Um, so you should be aware of the difference between maculus papule and papules. Um, nodule is when there is uh, tissue in there uh, that makes it hard. There's pustules, cysts, vas- vesicles, wheels. Wheels are what you would expect to find in an allergic reaction. They usually talk about wheels leading to urticaria. and uticaria being a, a widespread, uh, red-raised, um, fluid-filled rash that occur- accompanies a, an allergic reaction. The other side of the slide has uh, s- examples of the progression of a decubitus ulcer. You've probably seen these types of um, uh, slides before, but you know we go from stage 1 to stage 4, and it involves various layers of the skin. This next slide is an example of the anatomy of the nail, and I provide this here for you for your... Um For for, uh, review for the anatomy and physiology quiz um, and I'll let you look at that at your leisure. After we've done our inspection of the skin, we're going to move on to the nails and again we're going to go inspection palpation. Um, We can't really auscultate, we can't really percuss the skin, so we just do inspection and palpation uh, for skin and nails. So we want to look at capillary refill. You want to check the blanching of the nail bed. should last at least one to two seconds and should refill quickly. Uh, If there's a longer refilling uh, process, it might indicate that there's cardiovascular issue or respiratory disorder. You also want to look at the shape and contour of the nail. The clubbing of a nail can be congenital, or it can be as the result of chronic CO2 retention. someone has uh, chronic clubbing of the nails, I'm sorry, congenital clubbing of the nails, it's not a significant finding. However, if someone did not have club nails and then develops club nails later on, that is almost always uh, the result of chronic CO2 retention that you would probably find in someone who has a COPD. Uh, a spooning is when you get concave curves in the nail, and that's uh, usually related to iron deficiencies. A jagged nail is usually from chewing on the nail, and that's a chronic anxiety. Transverse grooves are almost always nutritional deficiencies. Longitudinal grooves um, are most often normal unless they develop in someone who, ne- who never had longitudinal grooves. In those instances, sometimes they can be an indication of an autoimmune disorder. But in most instances, longitudinal grooves are considered a normal, innocent finding. The nail should be well adhered to the, to the um, nail bed, should not be able to move the nail around, and uh, there should be no pits in the nail. If there uh, is, that is an indication that they may have psoriasis. And there should also be no tenderness or swelling in the folds, which may indicate a bacterial or fungal infection. This slide shows a picture of a clubbed nail. A normal nail has a 160 degree angle between the nail and the uh, cuticle, or the, or the finger, attachment. A clubbed nail, that uh, angle is increased uh, to 180 or greater, and that's how you get the distinctive looking of clubbing in the fingernails. This next slide shows you the difference between transverse and longitudinal ridges. The longitudinal ridges are considered a normal finding. But the transverse ridges, the ones that go across the nail, are almost always the result of a of a nutritional deficiency. You usually be able to trace it back to a, a, an acute illness or a uh, worsening of a chronic illness that happened at the time that the nail was growing in that area. Um, transverse nail grooves will often grow out as the nail grows out. Uh, well now we want to uh, assess the hair. And we're going to start with inspection. If you have any concerns at all about uh, parasites or hygiene, you want to make sure to wear gloves during this part of the examination. You want to look at the color of the hair, the texture, the distribution. If there is alopecia, which is hair loss, does it follow a normal male or female uh, pattern? You want to look at any lesions uh, on the underlying scalp. Look at the hygiene and any parasites. You also want to look to see if someone is wearing a a wig, um, you'll need to know that ahead of time. Uh, Or if they have a weave in their hair, you'll need to uh, ask them those questions to find out before your assessment. If, the, if, you can, if you actually can assess the scalp and the hair, or if the person will have that weave which will prevent you from doing it, you may have to ask them to remove their wig, and that may be an embarrassing thing for especially a, a, a female who has hair loss uh, to do. Um, you also want to palpate um, the scalp looking for uh, issues with the hair. Uh, and for this you almost certainly want to wear gloves. You want to look for parasites, you want to look for hygiene, the condition of the scalp, uh, the growth pattern of the hair, any p- uh, areas of alopecia, any lesions, any dandruff, seborrhea, psoriasis, or eczema. This slide shows the difference between male pattern baldness and female pattern baldness. In male pattern baldness, the there is a thinning at the temples and at the uh, crown, the back of the head. Um, and that is considered a normal male pattern baldness. In females, the thinning—if uh, there is thinning of the hair—it uh, will occur along a central part line, uh, and and uh, cover the top of the of the head. Um, some women postmenopausally will—the uh, texture of their hair will change, and they may notice some thinning of the hair. People who have autoimmune disorders often have thinning of the hair, and a lot of times thinning of the hair in females is a hereditary um, issue. It doesn't always signal a disease process, but it often does in females. Um, uh, There are some commonly seen abnormalities that... I'd like to go over at this point. Um, I'd like to talk about the difference between petechiae and purpura. And petechiae can be seen uh, as tiny red dots or on darker skinned individuals as tiny purple spots. They're tiny little hemorrhages. They're often the result of poor circulation or in some instances, the result of increased pressure within within a body system. For example, you may see p- uh, petechiae across the face of a violently crying infant who the violent crying may have caused some tiny hemorrhages in some of the capillaries in the face. Um, and same thing if there's increased uh, inner abdominal pressure, sometimes you'll see petechiae on the abdomen. They're individual spots that are less than two millimeters. They're round, purple, red, or brown in color. They don't blanch when you uh, press on them. They can be present in conditions such as thrombocytopenia, with endocarditis, septicemia, or like we said, with pressure uh, increases in a particular body cavity. They can be found in the mucous membranes, the conjunctiva, the abdomen buttocks, forearms, forehead, Actually, the ca- they, it's possible to find them on almost any surface of the body. They're harmless unless they cover a an extensive area. It would indicate that there has been a significant subdural uh, loss of blood. Um, and that's the danger, is the, is the amount of blood that's lost from these tiny hemorrhages. Papura, by the other hand, are extensive patches of petechiae and ecchymosis. They're usually seen as a flat macular hemorrhage. Um, they can be seen with thrombocytopenia and uh, um, diseases such as scurvy that would weaken the blood vessels and would cause basically leaking of uh, a tissue of blood right underneath the skin. In the elderly, you can see large areas of purpura that develop after minor trauma. For example, when elderly uh, women sometimes come in with uh, fractured hips from a fall, that hip might might oftentimes be covered um, with purpura. Now, in contrast, a hematoma is an elevated area of bleeding under the skin. It's a more controlled area of bleeding and that accumulates in one area and and causes a raised um, lesion. Here's a, a... example of purpura versus um, petechiae. The petechiae are the small dots on the left, whereas the purpura is a much larger area of, uh, of sub, uh, subdural hemorrhaging. In infants, you can see some um, skin lesions, um, especially right after birth, that may be uh significant. One's called mongoloid spots. These are purple, uh, black, or or blue spots that show up on the buttocks and sacrum of of infants, Uh, especially uh, common in African-American, Native American, Hispanic, and Asian newborns. The significance of these are that uh, it's important to let the parents know that this is what they are right after um, the baby is born, because they look like um, bruises. On a newborn, and the parents can um, wrongly assume that their child has been abused in the nursery. They are they often fade as the child ages, but uh, in some instances they don't, and they consider to be visible. They continue to be visible throughout the the child's life. Um, bruising again is com- is common after um, uh, birth from birth injuries especially if forceps are being used. And then there's c- different types of congenital birthmarks that might be seen on infa- infants. A port wine stain is a birthmark that is a area of red pigmentation, red to purple pigmentation, um, that covers an area of the skin. Uh, it does not blanch, it's not vascular. Um, an angioma, though, is a vascular birthmark that is also red, but it will blanch when pressure is placed upon it. A strawberry mark is usually a raised angioma, and then a cavernous hemangioma can be quite disfiguring. These are very, very large um, uh, um, vascular birthmarks that are very raised, can be raised several inches off of the skin, and these need to be uh, surgically uh, removed in most instances by plastic surgeon. This next slide gives you some examples of these different types of birthmarks. In the upper left corner, you see an example of a Port Wayne stain. Directly underneath there is an example of a um, cafe au lait spot, which is a a brown discoloration uh, that can can be seen on um, some uh, folks as a uh, birthmark. Next to that is a mongoloid spot on an infant. Directly above that is a strawberry mark. That one's kind of bordering on a on a um, cavernous hemangioma, and then the one at the very uh, at the very uh, end is a uh, on the infant's hand is a strawberry mark. Petechiae and hematomas may be present on the face, especially of violent crying or coughing children. Um, folks who, uh, children who have had um, pertussis or whooping cough often experience this. Um, to contrast those with abuse patterns in children, um, you look for multiple bruises as, uh, bruising at various stages of healing in children. You look for injuries to parts of the body that are generally covered with clothing. Um, that is something that uh, abusers tend to um, premeditate. Um, You also look for marks that are suggestive of of instrument uses such as belts, cigarette burns, pinching, biting, and so forth, especially if those are in parts of the body that are generally covered. Some common findings in children. uh, Diaper dermatitis is a red, diffuse rash. It's macular over the um, diaper area. Candida or a yeast infection would be fiery red moist patches with more of a papular raised rash. Impentigo are red vesicles that burst to form honey-colored crust and they're a contagious bacterial infection. Um, the children should be isolated until the uh, lesions have crusted over. Chickenpox or varicella are small vesicles that evolve into pustules. Ringworm is a fungal infection that produces a characteristic circular pattern. If it happens on the head, it can cause hair loss. And sometimes it can cause permanent hair loss. But it can happen on all parts of the body. Measles, uh, or rubella, is a red macular papular rash that's real common behind the ears and then spreads to the rest of the body. And then German measles, or rubella, is paler than rubiola, but in many ways uh, resembles that type of a rash. This slide here gives some examples of th- uh, impentigo, uh, diaper dermatitis, and chicken pox, the rashes. This next slide shows um, athlete's foot, with which is um, tinea pedis. And then right next to it is tinea corpus, which is ringworm. They're caused by very, uh, very similar or exactly the same in some instances, types of fungi. It's just a matter of the, the exposure and the pattern that they make. And then the uh, last uh, picture is an example of the jock itch, which is also caused by a fun- fungus. Um, here, uh, this infant in this next slide has a measles rash. There is something on the uh, infant's head here called cradle cap, which is a yellow seborrheic um, uh, discharge on the skin that can be removed with um, baby oil or mineral oil. And then the um Further, the the last picture is another picture of ringworm that shows that characteristic circular pattern. Okay, this is um, here. What I talked about atopic dermatitis and then uh, seborrheic dermatitis, and um, we already saw a picture of the seborrheic dermatitis or the cradle, cra- cr- cradle cap in the last slide. That atopic dermatitis is uh, is another name for eczema. And that's usually red red pustules or vesicles. Um, it happens on the scalp, cheeks, the forehead, back of the knees. And it usually happens uh, in children who have a family history of allergies. And here are some uh, pictures. There's contact dermatitis here from poison ivy. And then we see some uh, candidas or a yeast infection around this child's mouth. And on the infant's face, we have an atopic dermatitis, which is the eczema. Okay. Adolescents, we often have acne, which is increase in sebaceous gland activity. Pregnant women have some skin changes that are um, interesting to note. The first is striae, which are stretch marks. They're usually initially pink or purple, depending on the underlying skin color. And they, um, as they fade uh, and as they age, they turn silver. Um, The linen nigra is a brown or blackish line that appears on the abdomen of many pregnant women uh, that extends from the symphysis pubis up to the uh, um, umbilicus. Most textbooks will tell you that it fades after pregnancy, but um, it doesn't always. There, ha- I've, I've seen plenty of women that continue to have uh, y- uh, even a faint, a faint uh, after, after many years after they've uh, ended their pregnancies. Uh, chalasma is irregular brown patches on the face. Um, these can also happen as a result of using oral contraceptives or after menopause. Or, or um, some women can develop these. And then, uh, vascular spider veins are capillaries that have. Uh either burst or enlarged on the surface of the skin. And th- those are common to see in pregnant women because of the increased weight that they're carrying. This slide here shows you some pictures of uh, chalasma on the face of the woman in the upper uh, left-hand corner. Below that is uh, new striae, showing the pink uh, new striae, the spider veins on the legs in the middle, and then uh, the linen nigra on the pregnant woman over to the left. In older adults, y- you can see a variety of skin changes. Um, there's the liver spots, which are more correctly called senilegatins. They're flat brown macular spots that are enhanced by sun exposure. Venus stars and angiomas are vascular marks that show up on the skin. uh, in, uh the skin often I- uh, dries. in in the elderly. And there can be instances of severely dry skin as a result of decreased um, sebaceous gland activity that's normal with aging. Um, Acrochondromas are skin tags, which are fairly common, seen on the neck uh, and chest, sometimes on the abdomen. It's an overgrowth of normal skin. It's usually a cosmetic uh, situation. Some folks will have them removed uh, if they get caught on clothing. Other folks will just let them be. The skin does tend to thin as you get older, and uh, there is a decrease in subcutaneous fat, making the skin appear uh, m- more flabby. The skin does become less elastic, so it tense uh, more when you do a turgor test. You can get a false um, uh, positive tenting. doesn't necessarily mean that they're dehydrated. Um, there's a greater, chance, a greater inc- incidence of alopecia. As we age. The hair tends to gray as a result of decreased uh, pigment in the uh, melanocytes. The hair does tend to thin in males and in in females. Um, The important thing is to make sure that that it is following a normal uh, baldness pattern. If, for example, there is a a patch of hair missing on the side of a man's head that's not following a normal male pattern baldness and uh, can be the result of fungal infections or other um, uh, skin d- skin diseases that uh, are, are not part of a normal baldness pattern. So this, this uh, slide here does show some normal um, aging things that you might find. The first is uh, the hand shows liver spots. There's a seborrheic keratinosis uh, at the bottom, which is a, uh, an overgrowth of pigmented skin. And then there's those skin tags up at the left. Uh, the nails in an older adult do tend to um, develop uh, longitudinal ridges as we age. They can become more brittle. They can be yellowed. However, um, thick yellow uh, nails, especially toenails, um, are often a fungal infection. Thick, just thickening of the nails can be the result of peripheral vascular disease. Uh, when we're looking at malignancies in skin lesions, there are different types of uh, cancerous skin lesions that we should be aware of. The first is a basal cell carcinoma. It's the most common form of skin cancer. usually starts off as a colored papule on the skin develops a pearly border with a red center and is slow-growing but should be removed. It seldom metastasizes, but if it's left untreated, uh, it can metastasize. Squamous cell carcinoma uh, usually starts as a red scaly patch with sharp margins. It's usually larger than one centimeter, develops a central ulcer with surrounding redness, and it's less common, but it does grow rapidly. There, are, there is a uh, skin lesion that's uh, a malignancy um, that's called uh, Kaposi sarcoma, which is seen in uh, HIV-AIDS patients. Um, the most serious type of skin uh, cancer is a malignant my- my- myeloma, um, which occurs that they usually develop, uh, about half of the lesions develop from pre-existing nevi or moles. So that's why they always tell you to keep an eye on the moles and report any changes. Um, they are usually b- can be brown, tan, black, purpler, or red. They have irregular borders. They may scale, flake, or ooze. And they metastasize much faster than other forms. And this is the most common. Uh, if someone has a, a um, uh, metastasis or a, uh, a fatal type of skin cancer, it will almost always be myel- myeloma. And here's uh, pictures of the different types of uh, skin cancers. The first picture shows a basal cell carcinoma with the uh, pearly borders and the, and the uh, scaly center. Um, the next is a, a squamous cell carcinoma on the nose uh, of the individual. And that's a common place for these to develop. The Kaposi sarcoma is as at the lower left-hand corner. And then the malignant myeloma is at the lower right-hand corner of the slide. Um, some other common lesions are folliculitis. Um, you see that often, in, especially in uh, African-American um, men, as a result of shaving, the hair tends to grow in instead of out. And it can cause uh, inflammation of the hair shaft. Psoriasis is a red scaly patch. Um, uh, that can be seen on the skin. This does tend to, sh- to uh, develop uh, as a result of allergies. Uh, herpes simplex are cold sores that are often seen on the f- on the face. Um, it is a, a her- herpes uh, a herpes virus. Um, it forms a vesicle then a pustule, which erupts. Um, it can be spread um, uh, by you know direct contact. Uh, bef- after the eruption and before it crests over. After it crests over, it is uh, s- not uh, c- communicable again at that point. Herpes zoster is our shingles, and they are um, caused by the same virus that causes chickenpox, but they're small vesicles that are grouped along a nerve path, and they are um, very, uh, it causes a very painful. Um Neurological uh, issue with uh, the it's usually adults that uh, that develop herpes zoster. Contact dermatitis is the result of re- of direct contact with an irritant, for example, um, uh, poison ivy uh, or um, allergy to a, a laundry detergent and so forth. And then an allergic reaction will often start as a red macular rash. Sometimes it will result to wheels, which leading to euticaria, which again are those large fluid-filled vesicles that are characteristic of an anaphylactic reaction. And here's some pictures of some more skin lesions. Uh, we've got uh, the her- herpes aster or shingles. We've got uh, MRSA. Uh, we've got folliculitis. And um, we also have cherry angiomas pictured here. Here are some uh, common... Nail conditions, uh, fungal infections of the toes, ingrown toenails, and then uh, nail thickening and irregular split nails that happen as uh, can be a, as a result of age. Um, and then our last picture slide um, shows a, a the characteristic bullseye lesion that c- happens with Lyme disease. Lyme disease happens as a result of a bite from a deer tick, and it makes this characteristic. Um, Bullseye lesion. If you notice, if you see, ever see one of those, then that is diagnostic of that condition. Um, we have eczema. We have rosacea, which is the increased red red pigmentation on the face. And then the last slide on this page showing vitiligo, which happens when there is areas of depigmentation in the skin. Um, I like to end each of our my lectures with a practice exam question to give you an idea of what the uh, exam questions will look like on your midterm and your final. So here we go. Your neighbor calls you to ask your opinion about a sore that won't heal on his nose. He states it started out as a small red spot and is now about a half-inch irregular red and brown patch. What would you suggest he do? A. Suggest he see a doctor about the lesion. B. Suggest he apply a hydrocortisone cream. C. Suggest he waits a month and see how it looks, or D. Suggest he use a good moisturizer. The correct answer here is A, because the lesion description sounds quite like a malignancy, like a a, a basal cell carcinoma. Uh, B and D were incorrect because those products are not appropriate treatments for a skin lesion, and C is incorrect as a malignancy can grow quickly, so we don't want to wait a month before we send him for healthcare. So um, thank you for um, listening to our slidecast. I will also post this as a podcast so that if you'd like to download just the audio portion, you may. And um, if you have any questions about the material contained in this slidecast, please feel free to uh, give me an, uh, an email in the WebCT and I will be happy to an- address all uh, questions. Thank you.